Welcome to the second episode, or El Segundo, as they would call it in Miami. You can appreciate my accent, I'm sure. I've lived here for two years, and I still can't speak a lick of Spanish. Not to mention, I took five years of Spanish in high school. But nonetheless, El Segundo, the second. So, history was made yesterday, and if you haven't heard by now, I'm, I'm not sure if you live under a rock or not, but a man jumped from space. Yes, a man jumped from space. It was 24 miles above Earth, which um, actually isn't space. I've, I, I googled how high is space, and they tell me it's somewhere between 50 miles to 70 miles, depending on who you ask. Uh, this guy, Felix Baumgartner, in a partnership with Red Bull and this other guy, Colonel Kittinger, who jumped from space in 1960, who knew? They did a, a project called the Red Bull Stratus, and essentially it was filling a giant helium balloon with helium, go figure, and sending it up uh, above New Mexico with a small capsule attached to it, and inside of said capsule was a crazy Austrian skydiver. So this guy does skydiving and base jumping and all of that and decided one day he needed to jump from space. Now, there's a lot of things that I will do. I've been bungee jumping. I love roller coasters. Um, I even signed up for skydiving. I had an appointment. I went and everything, but it got canceled because of weather. But I would say that uh, jumping from space is probably on the list of things I uh, would not do. Uh, so he was 128,000 feet above Earth when he jumped, which was a record, uh, beating uh, Colonel Kittinger by about 25,000 feet. Uh, in this time he jumped, he was free-falling for just under four and a half minutes, uh, and he reached a speed of 833.9 miles per hour. That's incredible. It's, one, it's Mach 1.24, so Mach 1 being the speed of sound. He exceeded the speed of sound, first person to ever do it. Broke a ton of records, and you know, the guy lands, and he lands on his feet, and he does this triumphant hands-up-in-the-air thing, and it was a really great moment to watch live, me and 7 or 8 million other people on YouTube, and uh, kind of a cool moment in history. Uh, you know, I, I really was, was impressed with the way that Red Bull and YouTube put it together. They had, you know, live feeds inside the capsule and, and they had really cool pictures that came out of it and they had the stats on the screen. You know, at one point they said the air pressure, how much time he had left in his oxygen tank. They made it real dramatic, uh, but really exciting. It was, it was cool. There was a moment where I thought he died. Yep. He was doing what they call a flat spin and... Uh, Apparently, this is the worst thing that could possibly happen to somebody who is uh, jumping from space. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess. And uh, what can happen is there's too, many, too much G-force put on the body, and instead of blood rushing from your head and you blacking out, what happens is blood rushes to your head and you red out, uh, or your brain hemorrhages and your eyes explode and all sorts of terrible things. And, uh, you know, in the press conference, he spoke about how he was able to get out of this spin and uh, really, the only reason why he didn't hit his emergency shoot at this time was because he, he knew he wanted to break the record and break the speed of sound. Now, that's pretty gutsy. Um, I'm pretty sure if I'm in his shoes and I am falling from space and I'm going into a flat spin where my brain and eyeballs are going to explode, I am pulling the shoot. I don't care about the record. I don't care about the money that Red Bull's put on the line. But, hey, 
he did it, and, and it was pretty cool to see. Uh, like I said, I really like stats. Um, so I, I, I was kind of drawn to this whole thing, you know, records and stats. And actually, uh, none of that information, the, the speeds and distances, uh, do I have written down. I have what I think is some sort of disorder. Now, some people call it a gift. I think it's a disorder that I can remember numbers. Um, uh, some people also call me Rain Man or so on and so forth. But for whatever reason, I can remember numbers. I can do math very quickly in my head. I remember phone numbers from years and years and years ago. I could tell you uh, the phone number to a taxi company back where I'm from that I probably haven't dialed in 15 years, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be accurate. I don't know why. I, uh, I, I don't know why numbers have always been this thing that I can remember, but I've always been obsessed with stats. I love statistics. I love trying to figure out different stats, and I, I've always dreamed, right, and thought, like, what if I could have stats about my life? There was a video game that, you know, you've all heard of Grand Theft Auto, and it always had, you know, how many miles you've ran and how many uh, miles you've driven and how many police chases have you been in and how long have the police chases lasted. And I've always wanted that from my life. And they have pedometers and they have all sorts of things nowadays that you can hook up to your phone and you wear sorts of sensors, but... Maybe when I die, maybe that's what I get. Maybe that's like, if I make it to heaven, I get statistics. That would be my heaven. You know, you talk about people, oh, heaven is whatever you want it to be. That would be my heaven. If, if I was told when I got there, did you know you walked, you know, X amount of miles in your lifetime and you consumed, you know, 300 tons of food, but I would want unlimited stats. I want to stats for every single thing that's out there. That would be my heaven. If I could go and figure out, you know, how many miles I've ran or how high I've jumped or how, what was my highest jump? I can jump high too. It's another weird thing. How high have I jumped? I would want to know to the inch and maybe if there was like a video replay screen and maybe if they had like some commentators, I think that would make me happy. I'm going to add that to my heaven list. But my love of statistics and my love of uh, stats has been, uh, been made worse by my new hobby which, if you're listening to, you realize is podcasting. So I've never really had a website. I guess, you know, I've, I've had one as a kid, you know, make a little website that just says your name or whatever. But this is, this is the first venture I've had into the, into the Internet and doing podcasting. And now with this, with this site that I, I have my podcast on and with iTunes, I get a ton of stats, I can tell who's seen my website, who's seen my podcast, who's listened to it, who's subscribed on iTunes, what country they're from, all sorts of information. It's, it's kind of taken over my life. I've, I check these stats hourly, and every single day I, when I wake up, it's the first thing I do, and it's, it's cool, and I like seeing you know, how well my podcast is doing or, or how poorly it's doing and being able to make decisions, decisions to try to change that. So you know, my website, which... When we last spoke, I had no idea how I was going to distribute this, but now I've got a website, I've got a Facebook page, I'm on iTunes, and we'll talk about all of that later. But my website has, has become pretty fun, actually, and I, I really do enjoy, uh, enjoy this. And uh, one of the things I need to get better at, though, is marketing it. So I know that, especially nowadays, marketing is so big in social media, and I've been on Facebook, I, you know, I was in, on Facebook, I think I joined in like 2004, 2005, whenever it came out, and 
you know, got to my school and I remember it was thefacebook.com and I've been on Facebook for many years now at this point and I'm pretty comfortable with Facebook, but really just as a personal tool, you know, putting up pictures and, uh, you know, posting statuses about the debate the other night or, or whatever it may be. But I've never really used it as a marketing tool. So, you know, my podcast came out and, and I figured out how to put it on the internet, how to publish it, and I started sending messages to my friends and most of them were annoyed, but yeah, some of them listened. Uh, one of my reviews that I got through Facebook, which I really appreciated, uh, was, uh, and I quote, I like your podcast, even though I hate you. So I appreciated that. Thanks, Matt. Um, but anyway, so Facebook, I, I'm trying to figure out how to market on Facebook. I'm trying to figure out how to get the word out there. And, you know, in, in thinking, I, I also know that Twitter is a great tool for this. Now, I'm terrible on Twitter. Terrible. I don't know how to use it. I don't really understand it. And I, and I just follow celebrities and, and comedians and stuff that I like. And then I just desperately tweet at them and hope that they'll retweet my things. And uh, so far, unsuccessful. So I'm trying. You know, for me, Twitter is a lot more challenging. I feel like uh, though it's very public, it's also in a way kind of, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. It's, it's public, but it's out there. And I want to get it out there, but there's only eight people right now that are following me. So it's only as public as uh, those eight people choose to look at my Twitter. Uh, I need to get better at that. I need to get more followers. I'm not sure how to do that, but I'm working on it. Uh, one way that I could get more followers is if you followed me. So if you're listening to this, you can follow me at, right, that's the thing you're supposed to say, at not that Paulie D. And Paulie is with a Y. Uh, that's my Facebook as well. If you want to follow me or like me on Facebook, facebook.com slash notthatpaulied. You can find me on iTunes now by searching notthatpaulied, and it, the podcast will come up. Or you can even go to my website at notthatpaulied.com, and you can see all the podcasts. You can email me. You can get the Facebook and Twitter and iTunes links directly from there as well. Uh, lots of different ways to get in touch with me. Like I said, I've become a little bit obsessed with this and I'm trying my hardest to market it and to get the information out there and also learn a couple things about how to use the internet to uh, market yourself and publish a podcast. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, social media, I need to get better at it, but I will. And, and with your help, I will. Um, the, the other thing I want to add is that... Uh, if you choose to donate to the show, I would greatly appreciate it. Um, the show is free to all of you, so I hope the entertainment value is worth lots of money, and, and because of that you choose to donate, you can also do that at notthatpaulad.com. But that's enough plugs. I, I also thought about plug overload, and I think I'm getting to that point where I'm at plug overload. So I, I want to tell you a quick story. Like I mentioned last week in my podcast, uh, I've been trying to pay a little bit more attention to some of the odd things that are going around in the world and around my world, I suppose I, I could say. And, you know, the space jump was one of them. I got jumped from space. But uh, Lindsay and I, my girlfriend Lindsay, went out to dinner the other night and uh, we went to the Cheesecake Factory. Not all that fancy of a place, but at the same time, it's, it's like, a, I don't know, a step above Chili's, right? Or a step above the. Friday's chain. Uh, so it's a little bit nicer, maybe a little more expensive. And really the only reason we went is because we haven't been there in a while and, and there was no wait. So just the two of us, we went out, 
went to the Cheesecake Factory, and uh, it was a Saturday night, so it was a little busy. And uh, if you've ever been to a restaurant on a busy night, especially if it's just you and another person, they've got this area where they try to fit in as many of these skinny tables as possible. Now, these tables are, are typically very narrow, maybe only as, as wide as my shoulders or maybe a little bit wider. And they're, for some reason, they're usually a little bit longer, like almost awkwardly long where you have to lean in to talk to the person a little bit too much because you're too far away to speak at a natural volume. But anyway, uh, we go to the, the Cheesecake Factory, they sit us at one of these tables, and now they've got a section with all of these tables. There's probably a 25-foot row of these tables, and they, they fit as many of these little tables in as possible. And, and on the back end, there's a, a bench, almost like a big open booth, and then on the other side, there's chairs where, you, where the other person would sit in an individual chair. So there's a bench on one side and then a chair on the other. So um, we get to our table, and it was relatively empty, except for the table to, to our left. So the, the table to our left was another couple, uh, a little bit older than us, maybe in the 30s or, or early 40s. The guy looked kind of like John Stamos, you know, Uncle Jesse from Full House. It, it was kind of weird. Um, not the Greek yogurt John Stamos, but the John Stamos with the hair from Full House. Uh, and anyway, he's with his girlfriend or his wife or whatever it may be, and they're sitting on the same side of the table, of this small table. So now, again, remember, this table is only as wide as my shoulders or, or maybe a little bit wider, maybe two or three feet. So they're sitting on the same side of the table. Now, there's probably one or two many tables squeezed in this, into this 25-foot space, and they're sitting on the same side of the table. Now, I know that you know, maybe it's romantic or something. I, I don't know. Uh, for me, it was a little bit odd. Right for uh, these two people to be sitting on the same side of the table like this, and they didn't get it, right? Like, Lindsay had to sit down, literally, like, touching one of them because she was so close with her leg. And they still sat there, and they were sharing a plate, and, and they were sitting so close to each other and then so close to us that it was obvious that it was uncomfortable and it was obvious that it was wrong, right? So eventually... The girl who was sitting closer to Lindsay realizes this, and she actually even had her bag next to her to like create this boundary, like, hey, listen, everything on the side of this bag is my space. Even though I shouldn't be sitting here, don't cross the bag. So she eventually realizes. She picks up the bag. She moves to the proper table. Now she's sitting to my left. The guy is sitting to Lindsay's right. You can do the math. That's a nice little visual. And uh, everything's good. Everything's copacetic, and we're eating, we're eating dinner, and it's nice, and our waiter was a little strange, but... Everything was fine. Now the girl gets up and she goes to use the restroom and she's gone for a couple of minutes. And when she returns, uh, John Stamos looks at her and does the, uh, the classic, you know, pat your hand on the chair, come sit next to me signal. Again, on the same side of Lindsay. So now there's that small space between John Stamos and Lindsay. And John Stamos decides that it's important that the girlfriend comes and sits back next to him in this awkwardly small space. So he does the, I'm going to pat on the chair between Lindsay and I and instruct my girlfriend to come sit here. So, you know, being a good girlfriend, I suppose she did, and now we're back in awkward space. So, again, I get it. Maybe you're trying to be romantic. I don't know. Maybe not my thing. But a minute after John Stamos asks her to sit back down, he picks up his phone, and now he's talking on the phone at dinner 
in a restaurant. Again, I understand it's the Cheesecake Factory. It's not anything fancy. I get it. But have a little bit of etiquette. Talking on the phone with his girlfriend sitting right next to him in an awkwardly uncomfortable space between uh, John Stamos and Lindsay. And he's talking on the phone. And he talked on the phone for probably, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes. It was very strange. And it, it's just one of those things where I, I wonder if people think before they do things like that. You know, uh, There was actually another guy at the restaurant that was on the phone. He was, he was talking to somebody about the Yankees. Uh, the Yankees were playing that night. I think that was the night that they actually beat the Orioles and, and they, they won the playoff series. And he's on the phone. Now, he's got headphones in and a microphone, and something happened, and the Yankees won. I think uh, the pitcher, I think it was CeCe Sabathia. I could be totally wrong on that. But I believe he said something like, CeCe got a complete game. And then at this point, the waiter came over, and this guy was like 45 or 50. He was, he was definitely an older guy. And the waiter comes over and asks for his order, and he's on the phone with his friend talking about the Yankees. And again, 45 or 50, he exclaims, Yeah, boy! like Flava Flav might do um, in a more appropriate situation, I suppose. But that was the, uh, that was the ex- exclamation that this guy decided on uh, based on the Yankees winning this game at a restaurant in a confined space while on the phone in the waiter's face. I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, who knows? Maybe I was raised differently or, or maybe... Uh, Maybe, I, I don't know, maybe I care too much. I don't know. Speaking of how I was raised, a quick shout out. It's my parents' 29th anniversary, so happy anniversary. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, you know, the one other thing I talked about last week was the internet. And I talked about Groupon. And I've actually used a Groupon since I went to the movies. I saw the movie Pitch Perfect. And it was actually pretty funny. Uh, for some reason, I really appreciate acapella music. And it was cool. But one of the other things I was thinking about that... Uh, I frequent on the internet, and I probably shouldn't because I would call myself a little bit of a hypochondriac. I've done a good job of controlling uh, that, and I've, I've done a good job to convince myself of uh, otherwise when I think that I'm dying. But there's a website on the internet, and it is probably the worst website for anybody that is even a slight hypochondriac. And I think you all know what I'm talking about. It's WebMD. So uh, WebMD, I've often said, uh, should change its tagline to something like three clicks from a terminal disease or, or something like that. Or, you know, click here and we'll tell you to go to the hospital. That one's not as catchy. But it's the worst. It really is the worst. Like you could have a stomach ache and you could wonder what's going on. And maybe you're just looking to see what type of pill you should take or what kind of food or fluids you should drink. And all of a sudden you think you have stomach cancer. You know, I was kind of just playing around to see for the purpose of this exercise, and I chose lower back pain as a symptom. They have like this thing where it's a guy, and you can click on him, and you could say, this is where the pain is, and, and here's, here's what type of pain it is. And All right, come on. Who doesn't have lower back pain? So I chose lower back pain. I have lower back pain. My back hurts. I don't know. I sit a lot, and I have this couch that really sucks. Uh, can't wait to get rid of it. And uh, my back pain. Who doesn't have back pain? Uh, so I click lower back pain, and it asks me a couple of questions. You know, how severe is the pain? Does it change when you ice it? Do, does it change when you press on it? And I answer them honestly, right? Yeah, it gets better when I ice it. It gets better when I take medicine. It 
It doesn't change when I press on it, or I just have a sore lower back. And the third thing on the list was this like horrible spinal disease that's that's dis that that just totally disables you, and you know you're you're gonna die soon. And there was this big red cross that said get to the emergency room soon and it was crazy right lower back pain and all of a sudden I have some sort of crazy spinal disease I don't know I don't know why uh, WebMD has become as popular as it has it's clearly way off it's it's become a joke for many people and I, I don't get it uh, spinal diseases typically aren't what happens when you have lower back pain it typically just means you need a massage I'm no doctor. Uh, so anyway, with massages, uh, there's one other thing that uh, I wanted to share. So I am a sucker for um, spending money. I talked about this a little bit last week, and I went out to uh, went out to get a couple drinks about two weeks ago uh, with my girlfriend, and. We went to a place called Brother Jimmy's, and Brother Jimmy's on Saturdays during the afternoon, right? So day drinking, perfect. It was a nice day. It was beautiful out. There was football on. I got a couple beers. I got a couple wings. It was unlimited beers and unlimited wings. I think I had like three or four beers and some wings over four or five hours. So nothing crazy, right? Now we decide to go. We decide to go home. And in that process, we walked past a new business that had opened right near this bar. And that business was called Massage Envy. Hmm. Uh, massage Envy, if you don't know, is a uh, massage parlor, I guess. That sounds kind of skeevy. I don't know. It's a massage store <laughs> where you pay per month for a massage. All right, so it's a subscription-based. It's like a gym membership. And they have annual memberships, and it's, it's like $49 a month. $59 a month, something like that, and you get a, a massage every month, which really isn't that bad of a deal if you use it. But their, their whole gimmick is your first massage is really cheap. I think the first massage is $39. So this place just opens, Lindsay and I walk past, and we walk in and we decide, hey, why don't we get massages? Two massages, $39 each, can't beat that deal. They even had like the couple's room, so we were in the same room. You know, 78 bucks for a couple's massage is a good deal. And we figure, you know what, hey, we're never going to do this again. We're never going to come back. Perfect. 78 bucks, one-time deal. No, no problem. So the massage was great. We, we walk out, and when we're paying, they have a hard sales pitch, a very hard sales pitch, uh, such a hard sales pitch that um, I signed a 12-month contract. And let me tell you, this contract is ironclad. So, uh, yeah, so I am now paying $100 a month, I think, for Lindsay and I. Uh, to get massages, one per month for the next 12 months. That was probably a bad decision. Uh, but they got me. They got me. So I will not have lower back pain because of that. And because of that, I will not go on WebMD, and I will not think that I have a degenerative spinal disease. So at the end of the story, all's well that ends well. That's all I've got for you this time, guys. I really enjoy doing this, and I'm, pro I'm probably going to do this once, maybe even twice a week um, as I get more comfortable and as I get more material. I'm, I'm doing my best to try to go off the cuff, do this on one take, but I have a couple of notes here and there that I'm writing as I think about these things. Um, like I said, now that this podcast is out there, 
I've actually been heard in five countries, so I'm indisputably an international podcast artist. So how can you find me? How can you listen? How can you subscribe? How can you tell people about it? And how can you give me money? So let's go in order. Notthatpolyd.com is my website. All of the information is there. That's probably the easiest place to go. My Facebook is there, which is facebook.com slash notthatpolyd. My Twitter is there, which is at notthatpolyd. You can email me on there. You can even leave me a voice message on there, which is cool. Maybe if I get some good ones, I'll play them on the air, I guess we'll call this, and I'll comment on them. Uh, if you have a question, feel free to ask me a question. I'll answer it. We'll turn this into a Q&A. Um, but most importantly, on that website is a donate button. So if you are so inclined to make a donation to help support the show, you know, it costs me money to host the podcast and the equipment and all of that, I would be greatly appreciative of that. Uh, if you want, uh, I can give you a shout out to all of my many international followers and listeners. Uh, if you want me to plug something for you, I'd be more than happy to do that as well. Uh, and I actually did receive my first donation last week. Uh, so if you remember last week, I talked about my uh, journey to the post office. And I received a donation uh, from the person who I also called the queen of the internet last week, who uh, I think she was upset about that. She told me something else, but I forgot. But anyway, she donated to me 47 cents and the comment was, for a stamp. So I received my first donation, and I can now go out and purchase a, a very high-end, first-class stamp. So thank you. Please remember to like, share, subscribe, hit all the buttons on my website. It'll make me happy, and it's going to give me more statistics to look at. So, until next time, this has been the Not That Pauly D Show.